Let me hear you. Amen. Amen. Do you feel good? Five people here. The lights are still low. And I'm, there, there's something, I don't know. We're, we're going to get it to where it flows throughout the whole thing. Let's do the wave like we do in a, in a big ball game. Remember, we're going to start here. I'm going to run like, no, just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Hey, we have worshiped the Lord in singing and worship and praise, right? In a minute, we're going to worship the Lord by, you know, digging into his word and hearing from his word. You know what we're going to do right now, though, how we're going to worship? We're going to worship the Lord in giving. Wow. All right. <laughs> you know, one church, a good friend of mine, he's a pastor of this one church. They would make this a big deal. When he, he would say something like that, and the whole, I mean, they would just go crazy. It was like a big ball game, okay? We're going to worship the Lord in giving. All right. All right. That's right. See, it doesn't count now because I've already, you know what I'm saying? Now you're like, okay, I get it. Okay, so listen. We have joy boxes in the front. You can give online, osocreek.org. You can go online and give. There's multiple ways to give. But for a moment, what I want to do, and this is very important, this is, this is worship, gang. This measures your heart. It really does. This is a gauge to your heart. So I want you guys right now, I know we just sat down, but I want you actually to stand up. I want you to at least high five three or four people, make people feel welcome. And while we're doing this, this is a great time, if you have giving to give today, to come up and drop it. Whoa, there we go. I almost fell and tripped on the things. And give it in the joy boxes. That's all right. So go ahead. Yep, this guy. So come on, everybody. Yeah, there we are. Say hi. Say hi. I about broke my neck right there. Yes. Crazy, dude. <laughs> it's all good. And if you've got giving, this is a great time to give right now. Come on up. Give it in your giving box. Joy box. Hit that QR code, which we're all familiar with, thanks to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Too friendly. Too friendly. That's enough. Too friendly. Just kidding. Nothing wrong with that. Praise God. If you are our guest this morning, you're a very important person to us. You are what we, I, I like to call it VIP. You're very, very important to us, man. We want to get to know you. And so just, oh, we feel you. And if you're watching a stream for the first time, we really hope you feel the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. So if you've got a Bible, we're going to get to the Word of God. Go ahead and go to the Gospel book of Mark, chapter 12. Uh, but before we move on to that, there's something that we want to do that I don't like doing because it's hard. It's, we, we're building this thing on relationships, and, and there's a family that's moving. Uh, so John and Kelsey LaCord, if you guys want to come forward, we're going to, they're moving back to their homeland of New York. New York City, you know, <laughs> man, not New York City. I know, no, no, they're they're way more north. I was like, no, it's not New York City. But we're gonna pray with it. When are you guys moving? Wednesday. Wednesday. You guys have been a part of uh, the creek for how long? How long have you been Creekers? Almost eight years. So yeah. So uh, the elders want to come forward. We're gonna we're gonna pray for them to cover them in prayer. Send them back to New York, you know, <laughs> in the covering of the Lord and his favor and his anointing. And if anybody else wants to come up and, and join us for prayer, maybe if you're part of the, their life group that they've had for so long, you know. We love doing this, but yet we don't love doing this, you know, because that means part of us is leaving, you know. And, and, and you know, I know I've only been here two, two and a half months, me and Megan, two months, but 
But this is important because this is a family. We talked about this is a family. And, and even though they're going to be moving, they're still going to be a part of the creek and, and taking part, I think, in mission trips and stuff. So let's just all, and if, if you were just raise a hand out for it, let's just pray for this, this precious family. God, we just come before you this morning and just thank you for John and Kelsey and, and, and Colden, Lord, and, and this beautiful family. And as God, they've, they've felt for some time, Lord, the pull and the tug, you know, to go back home to where they're from, family and, and all that. And, and, and with the job situation as it is, they're, they're able to do that. And, and we thank you for that, Lord, for the freedom and flexibility that they have. And so, God, as we lay hands on them right now, we pray that, Lord, you would just cover them, protect them, watch over them, help them. Let this be the smoothest move that anyone's ever had, Lord. And and just touch them. And I pray, God, that, and I know you, you, you've been moving in their heart and life, and they're learning about you and, and growing in you, God. And so I pray as they arrive at home, that, Lord, you would open up doors of opportunity for them to minister, to share your word, and to share the hope of Christ with everyone that they come in contact with, family, old friends, uh, new places where they're going to work and stuff, and just be with them. Let them fall under your anointing and let your favor go with them and before them, God, as we, you know, send them forth, Lord. We just pray you would be with them and help them, God, and that, Lord, they would grow in you even more every single day. They'd become more like Jesus and less like the world. You'd bless their family. Colden would would grow up to be the righteous in his generation, Lord, and he would serve you and he would live for you. And we pray these things, Heavenly Father, in your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys just give, yeah, little, little, little clap there. Oh, amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, man. So good morning, Creekers, and all of our guests this morning. And hi, Mike. We'll be doing this for you soon. Don't worry. Yeah. As I was telling John last night, and then I know you guys, it's like, we're going to have to get up and say, no more moving. No, that's all right. We're not praying for anybody anymore. No, it's all right. Just kidding. It's all right. But welcome, 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 everybody. I'm going to fool, my ADHD is going to mess me up with these, with these sleeves. I'm just going to pull them down, okay? Uh, we're very excited, guys. We've got a lot going on. I'm going to get to the Word of God, but let me get a, let me give a little vision cast for a moment, if I can. Does that sound good? Be praying with us and the elders and the leadership. Uh, right now, we're currently getting bids for, for some, I, I announced it two weeks ago, you know, Project Curb Appeal. Where we're going we're gonna to start doing some beautification on the outside of the building, even some on the inside. So just letting you guys know, man, we're, we're gaining bids and you know, stuff that we want to be done and things that we'd like to, to get accomplished. And so we're getting some bids right now and we're bringing before the elders and we're going to start choosing things, and, and hopefully you'll start seeing some cool things going up pretty quick. Sound all right? Good. You're, you're going to start seeing some uh, social media campaigns and, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, and when you see that, make sure you share it, okay? Make sure you share it. Matter of fact, get your phone out right now and check in. If you're a big fan of Facebook, I know there's some negatives, but if you're a big fan of it, just get on there and check in. Let the world know that you're worshiping here at the creek this morning, all right? Sound good? All right. I'm excited. It's something about playing the drums that gets you pumped up. You know what I'm saying? Now, Dane's like, nah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I was going to say something. That just made, oh, at the end of March, we're going to have what I'm calling a night to dream for everyone in, that's in leadership of this church. And we're just going to dream and vision cast what we'd like to see happen over the next year, 
five years and the next 10 years at this church, okay? So if you're in leadership, more than that's coming out. But I just want you guys to know, man, we're, we're dreaming, okay? We're going to start casting vision, and, and we want you guys to join along, pray about it, and, and just get involved. Sound good? Yes? All right, let's get to the Word of God this morning. Creek Notes are available on the back of the bulletin. It's also available online. You can download them. Uh, we're looking at the New Testament Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, this morning. Um, I'm holding this green pen in your hand. We've redone our pens, okay? They have our logo and our website. If you go out to eat today, grab a pen and leave it on your table, all right? Please do that. Start leaving them all over the place. We want people to check our website out, and, and that's great marketing. These next two messages that, that I'm going to speak this morning in, in God's Word, they are of vital importance, okay? Um, and I'm going to use these messages most likely to close out the series that we've been in uh, called The Starting Line. The picture, it's on the front of the bulletin, you know. Close this series out, thus launching us off in this race for in, our, in this new chapter of the fellowship of Oso Creek. And man, it looks good to see all you guys. Man, I love this. I have to turn all the way over here, and I got to turn all the way over here, and I got to look at the camera right there. I love it. I love it. But man, what a couple of messages to close a series on, okay? What we're going to read this morning, our text, it's actually a mission statement from Jesus Christ himself. A mission statement for his followers. A mission statement for his disciples, for his body. A mission statement for his church. And a mission statement for you personally that will help you live your everyday life like Jesus Christ. And please hear me as, as the lead pastor here at this church. Every single thing, every single thing that we will do here at the Greek is going to be done from here on out. It's going to be done through the framework of this most important mission statement from Jesus Christ. It's going to guide us. It's going to help give us organization. It's going to help direct us. It's going to keep us getting distracted from all kinds of trendy things, if you hear me. And if you allow it, it will give purpose and direction for your life as well. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34 is our text. It says, and one of the scribes came up, and some uh, parallel phrase says lawyer. One of the scribes came up and heard them, this is the religious leaders, disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to Jesus, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. It's like Jesus dropped the mic. This was the first mic drop in all of history, okay? 
And everybody's like, oh, I'm not asking that guy anything else anymore, okay? Here is the very simplified mission statement from Jesus. Many of you have already heard it before. It's been sung about on the radio even, okay? Love God, love people. Say that with me. Love God, love people. And I'm going to have a little fun. This section, this whole, this half is love God, this half is love people. Ready? That, that should remind you, you know, an old commercial back in the day. You know, they're like, they would yell one thing and then something else, you know. I won't say what it is, but that's all right. Maybe you know. But it, love God, love people. We served a big amusement park where we had this big Viking ship. Anybody rode those Viking ships? You know, when we'd go up one side, would say, ah, they would yell one phrase and the other one would yell the other one. It reminds me of that. You know, it's like, love God, love people. That's not what they yelled, but I wish. That'd be okay, all right, you know. Look, this isn't just a trendy saying. This isn't just a, a fun, cool slogan that we can splash across church signage and put it all over on our social media posts and, and use it as religious Christianese language. You know, there's a language called Christianese. Yeah, there is. It's these little bywords that we in the church use all the time. This is more than that. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ right here, boiled down and simplified to four simple yet life-altering, life-impactful words. And it's interesting that two of these four words are the same word, love, showing the weight and the gravitas that they both have. Love, love, love God, love people, the entire Bible is predicated on these words, on this commandment from Jesus. And here at the creek, we, we don't want to be a church that just, you know, that just we're, that we're guilty of throwing this phrase around with no real purpose behind it, or that's they're just cool sounding words. You know, I I can't answer for other churches, but here at Fellowship of Oso Creek, we're going to strive to put this mission statement from Jesus into form and praxis, which means practice and action. And I'm calling for all of the leadership to do this. I'm calling, if you call yourself a creaker, to do this, to love God and love people, okay? We're going to measure everything that we do by this mission statement from Jesus. This is going to frame our mission statement of growing in Jesus, growing in community, and being on mission. And if it, if whatever we choose, if, if we're planning and, and organizing, and if it doesn't, you know, fit within the frame of love God, love people, we don't want to do it. We're just wasting our time. Love God, love people. You see, we, we, we want everyone that ever comes into these, or comes in through these doors or watches our stream online to feel these words of Jesus and, and to see them in action and, and to feel them oozing through every single thing that we do. You know, we do a lot of oozing here, right? That's, that's what the elders do. They ooze, okay? <laughs> As we do things, we want people to know that. That we love God with everything that we have, and we love others as much as we love ourselves. Oh, that's next week. That's, that's next week, okay? 
because I want to take two weeks to unpack this mission statement from Jesus. And man, I, I can't wait till next week. I, I can't wait to talk about loving people, but fair warning, it's very personal. It gets down to the nitty gritty, okay? It steps on toes, okay? So I, I can't wait to see 20 of you next week, all right? That's <laughs> all good. So in this 12th chapter of Mark, let's look at the context. We see that the religious elites of Jesus' day, they, they were trying to trick Jesus and discredit Jesus by asking him all of these probing questions. That's what we see in the 12th chapter of Mark. And, and see, they were hoping that, that in Jesus' answers, that he would say something that would go against the Roman government at the time who, were, who was oppressing the Jewish people. Or Jesus would say something that, that went against what the people held dear, the, the common folk, what, what they were holding close to their hearts. And so if we could just trick Jesus into answering something that made the Romans mad or made the regular people mad, yay, we win because they will oust this guy named Jesus. So let's trick him with these, these really hard questions. Yeah, Jesus was like, bring it on, boys. Come on, you know. And, and he just answered them, left them dumbfounded, left them confused. They just didn't know what to do. Well, finally, this one guy comes up to Jesus, and, and he asked him a very important question. This guy was a Jewish scribe or a Jewish lawyer. Now, it's different than our lawyer today. Uh, this guy didn't go to court and try people. A New Testament Jewish scribe or lawyer, his job was to study the religious law scrupulously. Scrupulously. Just like you, you, you scroll through your social media. That's what he did with the, the Jewish law, okay? I mean, he would study it and study it and study it. It was his job to be able to tell people how to interpret the law, how to obey the law, and how to apply the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rules and regulations in the law. And his job was important because there were over 600 commandments, rules, regulations, restrictions, traditions, and religious law that the Jewish people were supposed to live by and obey every single day. Some were given by God, and some of these were commanded by the Jewish religious leaders as kind of an oral law. So as, a, so as this guy comes up, it's his job to know, interpret all of that. He asks Jesus, okay, teacher, which one of the hundreds is the very most important? Look what Jesus does. You can see this in your creek notes. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses 613 laws on Mount Sinai. We see this in the book of Exodus. If you fast forward a little bit in your Bible, the king, poet, and songwriter David reduced all these down to 11 laws in Psalm 15. You can go home and read these later on your own. That's cool. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah reduced or summarized all these down to six laws in Isaiah 33, 15. Then in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah summarized them to three laws or commandments in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And then finally, when Jesus gets on the scene, when he arrives in the New Testament, here in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus summarizes the entire law, every detail, every nuance, every principle, whether God-ordained or man-created, he reduced them all into this one statement, love God, love people, all 613, down to one phrase, love God, love people. 
Kind of like if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know, that one ring to rule them all. It's like one phrase to rule them all. Love God, love people. No Lord of the Ring fans in here? All right, never mind. Let me make a note here that we won't use Lord of the Rings anymore. <laughs> How about Highlander fans? There can be only one. Never mind. All right, we can go on all day. <laughs> Jesus said about these two commandments in Matthew's account, which is a parallel to Mark 12. Jesus said the entire law, remember it's like 613, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets, Isaiah, Micah, Habakkuk, Obadiah, Jeremiah, I mean we keep going, the major and minor prophets, all of them are based on these two commandments. Dude, they are that important. It's like Jesus was telling the religious leaders that was all surrounding him that day. They knew all of the laws. He said, if you obey and keep these two things, you're going to be fulfilling every aspect of the law. Love God. Love people. And I don't want to take two weeks to really define these and, 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 so, and get us going on this starting line. So this morning I want to talk about just the first part of this mission statement, loving God. Because you're like... What, is, what does this mean to me, Greg? I get it. Okay, I, I understand the context. I need application. Okay, we're going to talk about application. Okay. Look at the first part again, Mark 12, 29, and verse 30. Sorry in the Creek notes it stops at 29, but we, we want to add verse 30 there too. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9 here. And when Jesus said that, listen, this is an Old Testament passage that every single Jewish man, and even women, would know at heart. They would be very familiar with it. I mean, it was the core of their being. They knew it, they knew it, they knew it. This single sentence is the creed of Orthodox Judaism. The Jews still call it today, in the Hebrew, the Shema, or it's the Hear, O Israel. This statement or sentence would start every single Jewish synagogue service. This happened all the way back in Bible times, and it still happens in, in synagogue services today. And according to one re, or a resource that I have, devout Jews still say it twice a day, the Hear, O Israel, or the Shema. It's so important that God commanded them to, to make the little phylacteries, these little boxes. They, they wrote it down in little scrolls, and they had put it in little leather boxes called phylacteries. They'd wear it on their foreheads, or, or they'd wear it on their wrist. They had also put it on their doorpost and every door throughout their house. God commanded them to do that in Deuteronomy. It's that important to them, the Shema, the hero Israel. It's the very core of their being. The Lord God is one. Say that with me. The Lord God is one. Not many. Not many gods. One. As revealed in his holy word. The only one. And you have to love him with your whole heart. Your whole soul. Your whole mind. Your whole strength. Jesus is like there's nothing more important than this. Loving God with everything that you are, with everything that you are, is the number one thing in your life. 
God's not looking for half-heartedness. He doesn't want half of your heart. He doesn't want part of your life. He doesn't want one foot here in him and then one foot over in the world or whatever. No, he wants all of you. He wants you sold out for him on fire for him. If you've ever played poker, Texas Hold'em, more specifically, you know, yeehaw, you know, I didn't get no yeehaws there. Anybody play Texas Hold'em in here before? Anybody? Okay. Some of you are like, yeah, I did. Can I say that in church? It's okay. You know, it's all right. You know, okay. But there's an option. You guys have seen it. If you've watched it on TV or you've played it, there's an option where you're like, you get this nice face. You're like, I'm all in. And you push all your chips to the middle of the table. And you're like, I got nothing left. This is it. I got my one meager chip. I'm all in. You know, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. You know, usually, it's, you got a big stack, and you're all in. Not holding anything back. And that's the attitude that God wants from every single one of us. That's what he wants from you. You guys watching online, you're not exempt. That's what he wants from you as well. God, I am all in with you. All my chips are in. I'm not holding anything back. All that I am, my strengths, my weaknesses, my shortcomings, my failures, my hurt, my pain, my sadness, my depression, my discourage. God, my failures, my weaknesses, my inadequacies, everything that I am, God, as well as the good things, God, I'm all in for you, Lord. I'm holding nothing back. That's what Jesus is saying here in our first part of loving God with all of you, strength, soul, mind, all that. I love to whitewater rapid, okay? Raft. I don't, I, 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 in Virginia, there is the, the lower and upper gullies, uh, West Virginia, sorry. And it's up to class five rapids. You can only get to class six. So these are class fives. And dude, I've, I just, uh, one's called Hellhole. Oh, it's awesome, okay? Man, it's just a rush, dude. I was almost a guide at one point in time. But we went on a marriage, we did a marriage retreat once at our last church, and we went down the lower gully, okay? It's like, hey, married couples, let's go do some class five rapids. Woohoo! Nothing will strengthen a marriage like that, okay? <laughs> but I'll never forget the, the guide that we had. We'd be approaching the next rapid, and just as we got to the edge, I'll never forget what she said. You guys will get tired of me saying a, as an illustration because it's just so good. But she would say, we're committed to the rapid. And then she got silent. <laughs> and we all went, oh, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> what she's saying is, hey, we can't go back. We're committed. We're in. That's what God wants. Love God. Committed to God, okay? You want application? Listen, does that describe you right now? Are you all in for the Lord? Or are you just half-hearted? Okay, God, here I am. Give me a bulletin. Okay, honey, I'll go to church again today with you. Drag me here, you know. Gang, we'll all stand before the Lord one day. Listen to me. The Bible is clear. We will all stand before God to give an account of how we lived our lives, of how we were Jesus' disciples. And Jesus is like, the most important thing here is love God with everything. Recommit that love to the Father this morning. 
But more specifically, this: how do we really love God? How do we really know God? Deuteronomy 10, chapter 12. The Old Testament book says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? So here we go, guys. Let me ask you a question this morning. According to God's word, we are to walk in his ways, right? Thank you. You win. That pleases God. But in order to walk in his ways, you've got to know his ways. And you've got to get to know the one who is mapping this all out. So listen to this truth this morning. In order to love God, you've got to know God. In order to love God, you've got to know God. And how do we know God? We know him by his word. That's how we know God. I mean, imagine a guy and girl, they, they, you know, if, if they got, now Megan's been watching, my wife Megan, she opened the service today. She's been watching these shows, what's it called? Love at First Glance or something like that? What's it called? Love is Blind, okay? Where these people never see each other, and like, first time they see each other, they, you know, they, they got to get married. <laughs> Idiots! <laughs> I don't know how much they're getting paid, man. I mean, Whoa! She loves it. It's a lot of drama, I guess. I've not seen one of those shows yet. Anybody else watch that show? I'm just like, what in the world is going on here, right? But imagine, I mean, how, how can they say they love each other? Imagine if a, a, you, you go up to some girl, if you're a guy and you're single, and you, you go to Applebee's or somewhere and say, hey, let's get married. I love you. How can you say you love them if you don't really know them, right? How about a husband and wife who say they love their spouse, okay? But that spouse never makes the least bit of effort really trying to know their spouse. Can they really say they love them, right? A huge part of loving someone is knowing all about that person. If you're married, would you agree with me by raising your hand? Women are hitting their men right now. You better raise your hand, doggone it. We'll have marriage counseling at my office at the end if you want. It's okay. But it's so true. That's part of love. That's a big part of love is really getting to know the other person. Spending time with them. Words of affirmation. If you have five love languages, those kinds of things. You get to know who you love. And the way we know about God, guys, is through his word. Does that make sense? Yeah. There are believers, I fear, who say, oh, I love God, but they never spend any time in his word getting to know God. Ouch, right? I mean, to know God, we need to have the attitude of the psalmist in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 12. Listen to the psalmist. Look at the words he uses. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes, your word. He's talking about finding God and knowing God and loving God by his word. God echoes this sentiment of knowing him through the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament book, Jeremiah 29, verse 13. God says, you will seek me and you'll find me 
when you search for me with all your heart. The sad reality, there's a lot of people that say things like this. Man, if, if I could just hear from God, if God would just speak to me, I would be good. I just wish that I knew God's will. I wish God would come down and reveal himself to me, and then I'll know. Or, or I just wish God would speak to me, and they say, they, hello, Greg. Like God's this huge, booming voice, and that's what they're expecting, okay? I'm like, really? Serious? Do you hear what you're saying? Do you not realize that God has given us his word? And his word contains his will? And he speaks to us through his word. And he has revealed himself through his word. The God-inspired, Holy Ghost-breathed, inerrant, and infallible word of God, which means it is incapable of being wrong. This is important doctrine to know and to stand on. One of the rallying cries of the reformers in the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s was, Sola Scriptura! I've got it tattooed on my chest. Not really. But a good friend of mine, he does have all the five solas tattooed on his arm. That's cool. Now, that was one of the rallying cries. When I, and now I talked about building on the rock. If you remember, I, I used sola uh, Christus, which is Christ alone. But sola scriptura, this is scripture alone, which means that the Bible is the sole infallible source of authority for Christian faith and practice. That scripture alone is the authoritative rule for faith and practice of the Christians. And the Bible is complete, it's authoritative, and it's true. 2 Timothy 3.16. Sola Scriptura. It's a very important doctrine because this doctrine is slowly being eradicated and attacked even today. Some of you might have seen my posts on Facebook. I've done a couple of them about this deconstruction and ex-evangelical movement. And at the very heart of it, they are hijacking this terminology of deconstruction, of, of which there's healthy. We, we can all do that, examine our faith and examine our beliefs. Please don't misunderstand any posts like that. There is some healthy examination, but there is a radical swing of this that is attacking the sole authority of God's word. It's a hijacking. And if we want to know God and find him and know his will and understand God and love him, then we need to read his word. We need to pick up his word and study his word. We need to spend some cute time in his word. One of God's five love languages is quality time. <laughs> spend some cute time with him. And I get it. I know in prayer we, 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 we can get to know God and God speaks to us and reveals himself to us in prayer. But honestly, most of our prayers are just like one-way communication, right? You ever been on the phone talking to that good friend or family member, and they're just like, oh, hey, okay, see you later, click. I didn't even get a chance to say a word. That's how we are with the Lord a lot when it comes to prayer, right? And he does speak to us in prayer, but gang, he's already spoken in his word. And you really learn about God and who he is and learn to know God by getting in his word. Not just treat it like a book for, to read for a report, but to treat it with intensity and, and importance and a high priority. Is God's word a high priority in your life? What is it about us? 
We can binge an entire season of a show on Netflix in one night. But we pick up God's word, and when five verses are like, oh, I'm done. Thank you, Lord. That, that hits home, right? I mean, it hits home with me, for sure. Is God's word a priority? And I'm, I'm going to be closing this real soon, but look, we need to be like King Solomon's sons regarding the wisdom of the word of God in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. He tells his sons, but, but it's like God speaking to us. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord. It's like, then you're going to understand the Lord and you're going to find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Searching for it like treasure. I guarantee you all, if I gave you, each one of you, a, a, a treasure map, okay? And I said, at the end of this treasure map, there is guaranteed treasure, okay? You're going to find so much treasure, it's going to make you puke, okay? And that's a lot of treasure. You wouldn't just throw the map down or let it collect dust or casually pick it up and... You know, and just, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll look at a little bit of it and examine it and then come back to it. No, no, no. You, you would hunt for it. You, you would seek the treasure diligently using that map. You'd probably quit your job and leave your surroundings. You'd get engrossed totally in the pursuit of following that treasure and probably say, ahoy, matey, along the way. Yeah. You would labor and diligently search and search to find the treasure. And when you found it, you'd be rewarded for your efforts for, by finding so much treasure that, I mean, Jerry Jones would be jealous of you and envious of you. He'd be calling you and texting you, wanting to be your best friend. You guys know who Jerry Jones is, right? The owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And I would immediately hang up on him. I'd say, I'm not going to be your friend, Jerry. No, click. <laughs> Sorry. You guys can go play, please, and let me know. I've got to close this thing now. <laughs> this is not comedy hour, I can tell. <laughs> Just kidding. Listen, gang, that's a great illustration of what the author of Proverbs, King Solomon, is talking about in Proverbs 2. Jeremiah 29, 13, the text that we read from the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. That's what it's, that's what it's talking about. You will seek me, and you'll find me. Would you search for me? with all your heart. So part of knowing God is getting his word and seeking diligently the treasures of the word of God, trying to find those gold nuggets of wisdom and knowledge and understanding in God's word. And some of you are doing that. You are plumbing the depths of scripture. You are finding treasure. Man, keep on going. Keep on doing it. Don't give up. I like to think of this, you know, it's, Treating like God's word, it's like our personal cave that we can go in and we get to chisel away at to, to mine. You know, if you had a mine, you, you go in and you chip and chip and chip with the, you'd write with a rock and hammer, right? And, and, and when you finally find pay dirt, that sparkling treasure, guess what? It's yours because you, you own the mine. And that treasure belongs to you. Look, we should mine the word of God. We should mine the word of God. And when you do that, then you can say, what I mine is mine. 
Because God speaks to us personally through his word. Through his word. When you study his word, when you read it, read devotionals from his word, right? Listen to songs based on his word, podcasts, teachings on his word. When you wrestle with the scripture and you mine it out, it's yours and God's word will stay with you and you'll begin to know God. And when you know God, you can truly say, I love God. I'm here to say, guys, we got to get hungry and thirsty for the word of God. Hungry and thirsty. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, that when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. Listen, God's word's important to me because there was two seasons in my life. I went through a massive spiritual depression. and Go into it, unpack it later some other time. But man, I would try to read God's works. I knew that's what I had to do. But man, I just... There was, I felt no inspiration. It was like just nothing. And I grew up in the church. I grew up on God's word. I grew up, I would win the Bible races and all that kind of stuff in Sunday school and children's church. So, I mean, I love God's word. And in these seasons, two very poignant seasons in my life, I would read God's word and it was like nothing, nothing. I cried, God, speak to me. God, I've got your word. I know I've got to read your word, but it was like nothing. And that was so hard, so hard, because I knew the value of God's word. And God was, he was leading me through some things. He was changing some things in me. He was using a very hard season to grow me, because God will do that because he loves us. He's a good father. But now when I think back on those times, that just makes God's word all the more precious. Because I was like, there were some times when I felt like I didn't have his word. So, man, I don't ever want to be guilty of taking God's word for granted. Yet I do it every day. How about you? You online. Yeah, we do. We take his most precious word for granted all the time. Listen, there was a young man who came to the wise philosopher, philosopher Socrates once, and he said, give me understanding, give me wisdom, give me knowledge. Socrates said, follow me. And as the, the young man followed this great philosopher, this Socrates walked him through the city until he came to the edge of the ocean. And then they both walked out waist deep and he grabbed the young man by the neck and he thrust him beneath the water. And, and then the young man would grasp and fight and he'd push him back down. He'd come back up and he'd push him down and said, Master teacher, blah, 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 what are you doing? Sorry, that's a bad gurgle. What, what are you doing? Socrates said, would you want knowledge and wisdom and understanding as badly as you wanted that next breath of air? That's when you begin the journey. Guys, that's a great way that we can apply the word of God. It's a great analogy for us in the word of God. We have to have his word like we need our next breath. Again, some will say, man, I I want a deeper, more intimate experience with God, yet they're never in the Word of God. I'm going to say something quite controversial this morning. You can't get deeper with God if you're not in His Word. Because He's revealed Himself to us in the Word. Why would I say that? Because to know His Word is to know God. And to get deeper in His Word is to get deeper with Him. Without his word, all you've got is an emotional experience with no depth. Before we pray, look what Jesus said in John 4, 24. God is spirit, 
And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Your worship, your Christian living can't just be based on emotions. It has to be rooted and it has to be grounded in the truth of all truths, God's word. God's word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Love God. That's, that's, that's the, the first thing. Love people. We're going to talk about next week. Love God by knowing God. Let his word transform every part of your life. Let his word guide your way. Let his word frame the very infrastructure of your heart. And you may think, man, Greg, I... It's too much for me. I, I, I see and hear some people, man, they're listening to this teacher and this Bible podcast and, and they're reading chapter upon chapter. I, I, listen, God will take you where you are. Don't get overwhelmed. Start with a couple of verses. Get the version app. I'm going to send a mass email of like my top five Bible resources that are just awesome. They're awesome. I'm going to send that out tonight or tomorrow, okay? Look at your inbox. Start, God will take you where you are. Maybe it's a couple of verses to, a day, 10 or 15 minutes. Maybe it's a devotional or an app that you use. Start there and let God grow that in you. And here at the Creek at Oso, we're going to love God by getting to know him, by studying his word and talking about his word on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays at church, at the life groups and kids ministry and student ministries. It's sola scriptura. Not a political agenda, not our opinions, trends or fads. No, loving him by knowing him from his word. And here we're going to love God with everything we got. Everything we've got. God, we come before you this morning. And I thank you for this, this treasure that we have in your word. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me. For, for day upon day upon day where I, I take it for granted. Lord, I recommit to you, to, to getting to know you by, by exploring you and finding out about you in your word, letting you speak to me through your word. Well, maybe you need to make a recommitment like that. As they're playing right now, maybe you need to recommit, Lord, I, forgive me, God, I, I commit, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. Change me. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Savior or your Lord. Maybe you just come here, you've streamed on today, you're a guest of somebody, or you've walked in. Listen, love God with everything. Make Jesus your Savior and your Lord and give him your whole heart. He gave his whole life for you. Paul writes in the book of Romans that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, bam, you'll be saved. You're part of the family then it's living a life of surrender and growing in Jesus. So as we pray and about to sing, Lord, just forgive me. Be my savior, be my friend, be my Lord. Let the Holy Spirit reveal your heart this morning. Are you loving God with everything? With everything. Everything. Are you all in for the Lord? If you can't say yes, then you need to say, Lord, forgive me. 
I'm all in from here on out. I want to love you with everything I got. Amen. Amen.